Not a single person pointed out that Katy Perry did not write the song Call Me Maybe. Do you think nobody wanted to admit that like they know female pop stars? The biggest insult of all is not to be insulted, it's to be ignored. It was published because it was content marketing, and that's why we argued with the PR folks that we should publish this. It doesn't age that well because Docker moves so quickly. Like a ship. Hi, I'm Paul Berger, founder of CircleCI. I'm Edith Harva, CEO and co-founder at LaunchDarkly. And you're listening to To Be Continuous, a podcast about continuous delivery and software development. You can get in touch with us anytime at our Twitter handle, at ContinuousCast. The show is brought to you by Heavybit. To learn more, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. Paul, so you had an article that literally when you published it, I looked up and Oren, who sits next to me at Heavybit, and Max, who sits next to me, um, were literally laughing out loud and quoting different lines. This was an article called The Future, and I have to say it was extremely funny. And it was one of the reasons why we started doing the podcast. I was like, this guy is really funny. We should start having a conversation. So I'd love to hear more about why you wrote that article and the reaction to it. Yeah, cool. So I, I, I guess uh, I, I feel we should do many more episodes that, that involve uh, a lot of compliments and flattery at the, at the start of the episode. That's well, it's a pretty good way to, to start an episode. Well, anytime you wear the Launch Darkly T-shirt, you know you just <laughs> you just always look good. Uh, yeah, the, the the article was called "It's the Future," and it was basically a, a kind of a send up of of the Docker ecosystem at the time. And it's it doesn't it doesn't age that well because Docker moves so quickly, um, like a ship. <laughs> um, basically, the, the the premise of it was that there there's a lot of complexity in the in the Docker ecosystem, and it was a, it was sort of a screenplay between between two characters, one of whom was was asking, you know, I'm trying to launch an app, how do I do this? And the other the other who was a complete Docker and container and it's the future fanboy, and it went back and forth of like. Each time they would ask something, there'd be you know, a new rabbit hole to go down. And actually, the the image that we that went with it was someone was a rabbit looking down a rabbit hole. And yeah, it was it was it was very very well received. It was it was funny though that the um, when I first wrote it and I I, sh- I showed it to a couple of people uh, at Circle, and they they didn't know that I had written it. They thought it was just like a, a thing I was sending around. Oh, it was clever. So you were A-B testing it? I, no, no, not deliberately. I, I just you know, had been ambiguous with how I was phrasing it. And So it's, our, did, wait, did you deliberately leave your name off so that they weren't tainted or was it just accidental? No, they, they, they just didn't look closely enough. Oh, uh, like I, I posted it in in like a like cut and paste into a slack paste bin sort of sort of thing, and so my my name was none. It was just like they thought it was like a paste bin meme that was going around or something like that. But I had showed it to to our PR people, and the PR people said, under no circumstances can you publish this <laughs> because it's because you know there, there there's others in the ecosystem that were mentioned, potential partners and actual partners and and uh, and that sort of thing. So. Uh, they said you can't publish this, and then when when everyone in the office was saying like, "Oh my God, you have to publish this," so I, I sat down again with PR and negotiated its release. <laughs> was this an external firm or your internal PR? This is this was internal PR. So so there was there's our, our regular PR person, and there's someone who was um, providing sort of external PR services at the time, and then our, our social media person, and we were sort of. You know, there's the three of them uh, sitting on one side of the table while I'm trying to negotiate the terms of release. Well, so they they must have felt strongly because they'll say usually people don't want to disagree with a CEO or a founder. 
Um, yeah, so I mean, the, definitely in the first draft, there was. Oh, uh, is there a legendary first draft? I, uh, I have a first draft somewhere, but basically, <laughs> basically some names were changed to protect the guilty. Uh, pe- to protect people who are our partners or who we wanted to be our partners, or something <laughs> which like that. in Silicon Valley is basically everybody. Right, exactly. So I mean, you, you can't really tell from the from the situation, but I think the the people who who got kind of the there was a lot of someone is dead. Yeah. Right. In in, in the article, it's like something is dead. You need to use Docker now, yeah. or you need to use CoreOS, or you need to use one of the new shiny yeah. things. Right. Um, virtualization was one of the things that was dead, and and. Maybe owning bare metal was dead or something like that. So those you know companies that were involved in that were were first named, and then we had to pick other companies who were not going to be our partners, but who were, <laughs> who were vaguely in that space. And it's funny because one of the one of the founders of another Docker company uh, had emailed me afterwards. So I, I wrote I wrote that post uh, called "It's the Future," and then I wrote a follow up post called "It Really Is the Future," where I said, <laughs> you know, the last post was just a joke. We actually think this is this is how technology is going. And I mentioned like you know twelve companies that that were in the Docker space, whereas before I'd only mentioned like six of them. And someone wrote to me and said, "Thanks so much for mentioning me. Uh, we we felt kind of left out in your in your <laughs> previous article that you didn't make fun of us." Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, like the biggest insult of all is not to be insulted; it's to be ignored. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so we ignored some companies deliberately who actually wouldn't care. Like, big companies are at least much bigger than us, and so the um, being ignored would not be a, a massive insult to them. And replaced it with, I think Vagrant was was one of the was one of the victims, and a Heroku was was one of the major ones that uh, was like that, that's, Heroku's dead. You need to do something else. And of course, the the punchline is well, if you haven't read the article, read the article. Yeah, but the punchline the- was at the end. It's it's going back to. You know, Heroku is is the simple way to deploy all this instead of having basically a distributed systems degree to be able to launch a, a web app. Well, well, that's why I think so. Oren and Max, who sit next to me, had both come out of Heroku. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they thought it was yeah. absolutely hilarious. Well, I, I sent the article to to some people I know at Heroku, and uh, a couple of minutes later, the Heroku uh, Twitter account retweeted this. Yeah. 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 Um, so was that your intended distribution strategy? Or yeah. The, the the way I distributed the article was I emailed everyone I knew in the industry and said <laughs> you might enjoy this. So so basically, you're saying you're a social media master. Uh, social media master, and then there was the Hacker News and released it at the right time on Hacker News. I think you're supposed to release it at like 10 a.m. on a Thursday or something like that. But it wasn't. You know, there was like twenty minutes after I published it on Hacker News, where it had like one or two upvotes, Uh-oh. and then all of a sudden, I guess you know, after people had read the thing because it was a long thing, and all of a sudden it just went, it went quite viral. Supernova. Yeah. So, how did you come up with the idea to write it? It's it's hard to know how like you 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 know, something spun into your head, but there's there's how I thought I wrote it, and then based on the feedback that I got, I realized that there was another um, there was another uh, vector. So. Like it, it just popped into my head one day. There was like a, I, I said, I said in my head something, something stupid about like, you know, how Docker was annoying or or, or something like that, um, and then it just you know, evolved into a, you know, he said, she said sort of, sort of, sort uh, situation. I read, I read afterwards, someone, someone tweeted at me to say, oh, that that reads a lot like something I wrote on the Joel on Software forums like ten years ago, uh, and I went back and read it, and I and I had read this like. T- Yep. five times before. Yeah. And so it was um this will probably ring a lot of bells about the uh, hammer factory yeah. abstract protocol method or, or or whatever. 
uh, a guy goes into a hardware store to buy a to buy a hammer, and the shopkeeper says, "Oh, we don't sell hammers anymore. We only sell hammer factories." He's like, all right, I'll have one of those. And it's like, well, actually, we don't sell hammer factories now. We only sell hammer factory factories. <laughs> and it's like, oh well, okay, give me one of those. And it's like, well, actually, people want it more than hammers, so you know, we have a, a tool factory factory, and and it, and it goes on. It's, um, it's, it's kind of like the Austin Powers joke where. Um, you know, he says he has a factory that makes tiny factories. Right, right, exactly. It was, um, it was factories of factories of factories, and it, and and it went on for a long time, and it was very deep. And it's it's almost exactly. I mean, it's it's not the same joke, but it's it's the same. It's the same layout, and it's the same. It's the same setup. So I I think that was probably a, a large influence. I didn't I didn't realize it until he he mentioned it to me. Well, I mean, you you know, it's it's a it's a funny pattern, which I think people have been doing. You know, there's always right. a, there's always a straight man. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. And, and, yeah, and the yeah. question I've been trying to figure out for a while is, uh, am I the straight man or are you? Right. Um, I don't know if you've seen who's on first. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. So, so someone else said, you know, this is this is basically who's on first. And I went yeah. to look at who's on first. I'd never seen it before. You never seen it? I, I didn't grow up in America. Oh, I thought so, you grew up in New York. Uh, I lived there for a couple of years as a teenager, but you know, not really. So yeah, I, I watched Who's On First, and Who's On First is like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and people only know the first part, but it just gets funnier the deeper you go into it. Right, it's like seven minutes long or something. Yeah, well, because the jokes just pile up on each other. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's what I liked about the article is that you you name checked so many things; they were right there. Right. Um, I was I was talking to some some large company, which I'll remain nameless, who wanted to be our partner afterwards, and they want to be our partner entirely. Because of the article, oh. like the article had had been sent around in an internal list, and people thought it was hilarious. Uh, but when we went to talk to them, and I was I was chatting to to one of the to one of the senior guys there, and, and he was saying that there was so much technical detail in it that it actually looked like we knew what we were talking about, <laughs> and it, it wasn't it wasn't just a joke. And, and that that was kind of the point. It was supposed to be that there is a lot of technical detail in here, and, and I think certainly at the time it was very accurate for for what the ecosystem was like. Yeah, I mean, part of why it was funny was it wasn't just a word salad of plain like right. anybody can look at Crunchbase and be like, "Here's 17 names and combine yeah, them." Yeah, and so a number of people sent me their their versions of that. So they they wrote a version for something else, and so one guy wrote it for for front end technologies, and it was super clear that he knew what he was talking about, and and the joke really really held up and it worked well. Yeah, um, well, we we have a similar. Um, it's a cartoon, but uh. <laughs> So there's somebody who's trying to ask something somebody else how it worked, and they're like, "Well, you know, we we have a Firebase backend that then commit." Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And then the punchline is, "So you just tell me to fuck myself." <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I, like, I know the one. Like, because once our designer was asking how we collected emails on our website, and we're like, "Well." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, someone else sent me uh, an article that was it was lit- it was it was I mean it wasn't as bad as a collection. Of random words, but it, it it didn't make as much sense uh, for for the joke. So I think that one didn't get published. Yeah. So did you set out for it to be, you know, a widely circulated piece that would get you partnerships, or was it just scratching an itch or a combination? I, I mean, it, it was it was very intentionally, you know, a content marketing piece. Oh. So I mean, I wasn't. It wasn't like I sat down to write, you know, content marketing. But it was a, you know, this is funny. We should we should publish this in our blog, and obviously the point of the blog is that people come to the site and that they get retargeted and all all this sort of thing, and that they eventually buy our product, even you know th- through direct mechanisms of you know clicking over to the site. And I I think at the bottom of the of the piece we had a um, call to action 
do you want to use Docker and continuously deliver that shit? <laughs> Which was one of the the, the 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 quotes from the piece. And so yeah, I mean it was it was it was published because it was content marketing, and and that's why we we argued with uh, with the the PR folks that you know we should we should publish this. So how many drafts did you go through? I mean, so some of the jokes are really funny. Did you? Did you well, have so by, by the time I published it, nothing was funny. Oh, like it was. I I I can read it now. I can't see a single joke in there. Oh, well, it's there's just there's the one about like oh, BSD, and you're like it's San Francisco. Right, BDSM. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I recognize that that they are funny in a, in a purely academic sense. Oh. Uh, like, but I I can't laugh at anything because I I've read that thing like a hundred times. And nothing survives. Nothing is funny after you've read it a hundred times. But the the first time and the second time, the third time I read it, I, I could sort of see it that it was funny. And the it went through maybe ten or twelve drafts. Wow. So there's a couple of drafts at the start, and then there was the draft to remove the partners' names and and be rewritten with other people's names in in, <laughs> uh, in its place. Uh, and then there was a couple more drafts. There was a draft to. Make it ambiguous as to the gender of both participants. Oh, that's very clever. Yeah, I didn't so, realize that until now. Yeah, so you, the, 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 there is one place where where the um, what's what's the opposite of the straight man in the uh, the comedian the, uh, the 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 yuckster the, the no no the the, the I don't know the, the straw man or whatever. Oh, the straw man. Um, I that's probably not the name, but the yeah. um the the person who is who's who the joke is on. That's the straight man. Oh, that's okay. Right. right. So, so, so the, the straight man is the one who's just like, oh, who's on first. Okay, okay, I, I I can see that. So that person said, "Oh, I'm more of a distributed system guy now," and that was the only kind of gendered reference in the in the whole thing. Um, and and obviously there's a there's a big thing at the moment of you know try, trying to trying to make sure that everything is not just you know put out from the male perspective or you know the assumption that everyone is that everyone in in the tech industry is is male. Um, so. We deliberately removed all kind of gendered references and rewrote some of the some of the jokes or things to to make it ambiguous as to as to who is what or whether there was there was even any genders involved at all. That's fascinating. So, like, um, the reason why I asked is I saw the directors of the producers of Airplane speak, and they say that they had tested every single gag in that movie on mm-hmm. studio audiences. So I pictured you like putting out draft after draft oh. and like sharpening each so, line. So the, 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 there was a little bit of sharpening, but for the most part, it went out as it was. So it was more like dulling as you're taking out the pointed. Um, no, no. So, so actually, when, when we when we changed the the companies that were involved, it, it got funnier. Oh. So uh, we had the opportunity to kind of refine the joke and to make it a bit more appropriate for the companies that that, that got mentioned. Um, some of them had been a little bit of a reach before because they were, you know, in my head I was thinking of of the people who were who were our partners at the time. And the it had been a bit of a stretch to to make the specific joke I did. And then when we had to remove them, we, we you know I could search around a little bit and find the ideal company that that that, that could be poked in, in just the right way. <laughs> so the article was a lot of planning. It was a content marketing piece. Well, I mean, and then, I mean, it was it was a thing I wrote in about an hour that we then planned how how do we market this to get the most effective outreach and, and that kind of thing. So, what was the reaction? What was the thing that surprised you most? Or uh... I, I guess the thing that, that that surprised me most was that a lot of people's reactions were, "Oh yeah, fuck that Docker shit." <laughs> so, so they most people who who read it perceived that we meant it. Oh. And that Docker was complete crap. Interesting, because I, um, I think it was clear that it was very tongue in cheek. 
and in fact, when we when we launched it, we we had a tongue in cheek disclaimer at the top, which which we've since removed because it, it wasn't really necessary. But there was a lot of people uh, complaining when we wrote the "It really is the future." Nobody hated "It's the future." A lot of people hated "It really is the future." Interesting. So the idea that you're going out and taking the taking the piss out of this new company, this new technology. Yeah, pe- people love that. But you go back and say, actually, you know, we really do think it's good. Uh, people hate that. Oh no. Yeah. So the, the 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 haters really hated on the second one. But the second one I thought was very innocuous. I mean, one, the second one was just kind of a rah rah Docker is good piece. It wasn't. It, no, it, it, I, I, there, there wasn't a dialogue. It wasn't. The, it wasn't the, the, funny. The, there was. It, it wasn't that funny. No, but there was a discussion of why do people hate new stuff. Oh, and, I like that line. Yeah, you know, the kind of people who. Who would look at the Sistine Chapel and say, "Why do we need to paint the ceiling?" Yeah, like uh, I have a fresco in my house already, or you know something along those lines. And you know, obviously, no one likes the idea, uh, or no, no one likes being dismissed as mere curmudgeons. It's funny. So I wrote a kind of controversial article uh, called "The Staging Like Kill the Staging Server." Right, right. And right. I actually have a follow-up planned, which is the staging server is dead. Long live the staging server. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I already got like so I got. A lot of really good feedback, but the one tweet that made me a little bit sad was this person who just had a link is like, "Call me when you start doing serious software development." Uh, yeah. I mean, and I'm yeah. like, okay, you don't have any rebuttal or rebuke or like right. feedback. You're just like, and by the way, shouldn't software development be fun? Right. Paul Graham has this article that he wrote years ago, like you know the, the six levels of how to disagree with somebody, and you know the, the the main one is like refute the main point of the argument, and the the earliest one is sort of you know or the the the, the simplest and, and least effective or least convincing one is you know dismiss it out of hand, yeah, uh, or you know or insult the person who who says it for you know who they are or, or, or something along those lines. So it's very easy to ignore those. Like I, I don't even I don't even notice that that hate anymore. The feedback that I found really interesting was the um, people who were mentioned in the articles who were kind of making jokes at each other about the article. Uh, and especially, so th- there's a couple of things I got wrong, but that people perceived them as, as part of the joke. <laughs> so so I, uh, one of the things I talked about is this guy, Diego, who in the article he worked for CoreOS and he wrote etcd. Yep. In fact, he didn't either of those things. I had met him when he was like interning at CoreOS or something like that, but he didn't actually take a job there. So Alex Pulvey, you know, tweeted at him. It's like, oh, I hear you work now, or I hear you work for us now. I expect you to be uh, you know, here on, here on Monday morning. Uh, but the thing is, I didn't I didn't know that, and so people thought it was just all part of the joke. And so like people corrected like every single minor detail that. They thought was part of the joke. They're like, "Oh, I love how you made like this joke here about about how Diego works at CoreOS." Uh, and th- there's various things like that, but not a single person pointed out that uh, Katy Perry did not write the song "Call Me Maybe." Oh wow! Yeah, so that that was like an that, that's, intentional. That's, that's Carly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, own that one. It was that 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 was. I, I think well, I got that wrong in the first draft, but after that, I left it in deliberately because, like, do you think nobody wanted to admit that, like, they know female pop stars? I don't think anyone knew. Oh. I, I think I think that people are like call me maybe Katy Perry. That sounds right. No, 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 yeah. no, no. But like a hundred thousand views, no one, no one pointed that out. Maybe they either didn't know or were embarrassed to admit they knew. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. But uh, every every little tiny bit of something else that was ever so slightly off. <laughs> like, uh, like, was, like, what else? There was there, there was another one, but I don't remember what it was. But it was it was kind of a, a, along those lines as well. As so, I, I didn't know that he didn't work there, and I didn't know that that he didn't write etcd. I think he did design Raft. 
I'm, I'm pretty sure that he designed Raft, um, which is the, the protocol in, in etcd. I, I, don't, I don't remember the, the, the other thing. Well, so you said you already felt that the article was a little dated. Like, so how do you feel like things have moved on since then? Well, so the whole Docker thing moves really, really fast. And so there's probably a couple of like companies or technologies that were mentioned in there that have changed their name or been acquired or gone out of business or you know something along those lines. There was also uh, I remember when I wrote it, there was a bit of a war going on between CoreOS and and Docker, which you know, they've since buried the hatchet and and, and become friends. But you know, there's probably a couple of technologies there that 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 have changed. CoreOS released the tectonic stack sometime after that, I'm pretty sure. And so that you know, would probably get a little name dropped a little bit or you know, differently or, or something like that. And I imagine that you know, maybe you know, Docker has, uh, has had several re- releases of Swarm at this point, and maybe you know, that, that might have gotten a bigger thing. But like, the things that were big at the time were the things I mentioned, and those are not necessarily the things that are big now, just because of how early Docker is and, and, and how quickly that technology is moving. Yeah, so you know this is a friendly podcast, but what do you think of Docker now? I mean, I I think Docker is awesome. Yeah, it solves a real problem that that people needed solved, and you know the complexity that that, that results from that is is real. Um, it's getting managed and it's getting managed better over time, but it it's real because you're writing distributed systems. Distributed systems are hard. No silver bullet technology is going to make distributed systems easy, it can just make them more manageable. And Docker certainly very useful as part of making distributed systems more manageable, but you know, there's still a distributed system. Abstractions leak and abstractions will continue to leak and you still need to understand a whole set of new technologies. Wow, so you're going to write a new the future in a year or so, or do you think? Uh, I, I tweeted about this recently, you know, I, I think that's, that's the, the best thing I've ever written. And yeah, I, I think I probably can't do it justice again. I remember looking at the Google Analytics for for this article, and so the follow up article was bigger than the biggest thing I'd written before, and then the first article was like five times bigger than that, or ten times bigger than that. Wow! Like first day, a hundred thousand views. Wow! Uh, yeah, so like you can't really follow that up. And I started, I spent a couple of days thinking about like, okay, what am I going to write next? What am I going to follow the you know this wave with? But like. I quickly realized, you know, you can't be chasing that dragon. <laughs> the 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 likes and social media and content marketing dragon is like, I mean, it's kind of like the problem that people have with Facebook. You know, the, the when you're constantly, or maybe with Instagram, that when you're constantly looking for like people to like your thing and you're looking for affirmation from from social mechanisms instead of just what you're working on, there's you know, everything's negative from that point. Yeah, that's interesting because you're not, you're not that active on Twitter. Right, right, exactly, and and part of that is is just accepting that I'm not really that good at Twitter. I mean, I, I occasionally say some stuff that's interesting or funny, but I'm very happy to not be uh, not be chasing likes or, or affirmations or, or retweets or, or whatever the thing is. Yeah, they're very seductive. I know. Um, right. I, I do content marketing too. I write articles, course, yeah, yeah. and um, I wrote first one about uh, fundraising. Mm-hmm. You know, I compared fundraising to an enterprise sale. Okay. You know, yep. you have your champion, you have yep. a process. It got a decent amount of traffic. I thought it would get a lot more, but then I wrote something which I considered kind of geeky and technical, which was effect why people were doing continuous delivery. Much more popular than the fundraising article I was kind Okay. Of. And then my last one, which was on staging servers, which I thought was intensely narrow of an audience, yeah. got the most traffic of any of them. Okay. And it actually got comments. It got, you know, right, it got right, right. it got shares, it got comments, and I was like, whoa. I, I mean I, I think I just proved that. Something I thought only really I cared about actually had right. this 
cord. Well, I mean, the, the, it, it tends to always be that way. That there's something that you don't expect to be as big as it, as it is. Uh, I remember someone telling me that. Oh, what is the name of that company? That, that, that there was a, a doc, um, like a Google Docs competitor that got acquired by Yahoo at some point. Tumblr? Uh, Tumblr. No, no, a Google Docs competitor. Anyway, the biggest piece of content that that they ever wrote was something about Ajax, and it was written like in the early days of of Ajax and all the JavaScripty stuff. But like, it wasn't a company that made JavaScript tools, or it wasn't a developer tools company. But that was like the biggest thing that that, that they had ever written. Um, and the thing that led to the most inbound traffic, and I mean, the, if if you're judging things by you know the business metrics that that, that you're trying to generate, you have to be looking at leads or signups or, or you know money in the bank uh, at the end of the day, rather than you know whether someone retweets your stuff or or whether, <laughs> the, or whether there's a like there, and you have to you have to be looking at the business metrics, not the not the social metrics and not the things that that make you feel good. Well, I mean, they go hand in hand. Often they go hand in hand, and and I think often they don't. This is going to go all philosophical, but well, I mean, so for example, the uh, a lot of the things that that had the biggest retweets and that sort of thing were were fundraising announcements. Uh, but people don't follow fundraising announcements to buy your product, at least not at the rate. I, you know, as as content marketing goes, it, it, a fundraising announcement isn't isn't all that good. Mm. A viral blog post, much better. Yeah. I'm happy that we got to talk about this. Is there anything bad that came out of this article? I don't think so, really. I don't think that there was there was any negativity from from any of the people involved. There was a couple of haters on on Twitter, but there's always haters on Twitter. Always there, there was a couple of haters on Hacker News, but you know, that's what Hacker News is now, unfortunately. But yeah, I, you know, definitely, I'm I'm glad I wrote it and I'm glad I, I followed it through. And I think that I, I I think it will be hard to ever top that one. Thanks for listening to this episode of To Be Continuous, brought to you by Heavybit and hosted by me, Paul Bigger of CircleCI, and Edith Harbaugh of LaunchDarkly. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. While you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. <laughs>